This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. The College of Style community just launched and you're invited to join for free. Yes, for free. So what exactly is the College of Style community? Well, it's a place for like-minded entrepreneurs just like you to connect. And it's a private community that shows you how to build and monetize an unforgettable online business so that you can work from wherever you want and live to make your impact. We focus on personal branding, visual design, and digital marketing for business. So how do you join? Well, it's pretty easy. Just visit www.collegeofstylecommunity.com and join today. Inside of the community, you'll be able to access premium courses and groups, exclusive member-only merchandise, course discounts, daily business tips, monthly giveaways, and so much more. I can't wait to see you inside of the community now. So visit www.collegeofstylecommunity.com and snag your free Canva templates right there in our handy dandy resource library. Happy holidays from me to you. Join the College of Style community today. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Colton Medici. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Colton Medici. You can listen to select episodes of the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Find digital marketing strategies and social media updates on Sandra's Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash college of style. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style and subscribe today to Sandra's newsletter. It's called Link in Bio and you can find it on LinkedIn to learn more about links that make you click. This is your personal invitation to join Sandra's community at collegeofstylecommunity.com today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 60 of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici, and I'm really excited about the guest that I have for the episode today. Her name is Louisa Fromm, and she is a Google Trends curator. You're not going to want to miss the interview, so stay tuned. College of Style is ready with a great shopping experience for you this holiday season. And better yet, to say thank you for shopping my store, use the discount code Hello15 to get 15% off of your first order. Visit shopcollegeofstyle.com and type in Hello15 at checkout. And then tag me on socials and let me know how you like your purchase. One thing that I can't stress enough is to treat your live streams like they are actual events. And when you do an actual event, you send out invitations to those events. You have them RSVP. You send them notifications that the event is about to start. Make sure that you're treating your live streams exactly like this. If you don't see anybody showing up to your live streams, 
it's probably because you didn't tell people that they were going to happen. So treat your live streams like an event. Set up a scheduling system, whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or LinkedIn. Schedule your event and have it remind people. You don't even have to do it. It does it automatically for almost all social media platforms. It will remind people who RSVP. So set up a schedule. Make sure that that's happening for your live stream events so that people show up. I am Sandra Colton Medici. Hello, everybody. This is Louisa. I'm so happy to be here. I definitely wanted to get into what you do because I actually just saw that you changed positions. Like since I met you on LinkedIn to now, you have gone from LA Times SEO to Google Trends yeah. Curator. So tell all of our listeners what you do as a Google Trend Curator. For sure. So I am only in my second week at the job. Um, so I'm definitely getting up to speed um, within the world of Google, which is very sophisticated, lots of moving parts. But the you know easiest way to explain what this job is, is my entire time in news SEO, which I know is why you originally reached out, was for that part of my background. I really learned to love this tool that Google has called Google Trends. For any Anyone who works in news SEO, you should absolutely be using it every single day. Um, but really, the beauty of that tool is that it gives you real-time insights, or you can go back in time if you want, but the real-time insights is what was really valuable for news into what keywords are people typing into Google and what are people interested in. Um, so that was really invaluable during my, my entire time in SEO, even when I was at an agency, but in particular when I shifted into news, because you need that in real time sort of, you know, insight um, in order to dictate like what stories should we be pursuing and, you know, what angles should we be jumping on and what keywords should we be targeting in our headlines. So that's right. kind of my background with Google Trends going into this role. And when this role, you know, kind of came into my life and it was a possibility, that's really what we do in this role now is we curate those feeds that people would see on Google Trends. So for anyone who's familiar with that tool, that is like the idea behind Curator is that we're behind like the data and the you know process of putting all of those insights together into a very easy to digest sort of setup that, you know, newsrooms can use and, you know, any organization really can use to their benefit. So that's what it's been so far. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's something like data journalism, kind of parsing together all of those bits and pieces to help as many digital marketers as possible with their strategy. Well, so when you think about like you're putting together what people literally see when they wake up and open their phone, right? So do you feel any sort of like pressure? Like, like, will this change someone's mood if I put it at the top of their feed? You know what I mean? Yeah, so it is a lot of responsibility. Um, that's why it was a great source of pride to take on this role and to kind of, you know, step behind the curtain and, you know, play a role in like what would people see, you know, that could dictate their entire day. Because um, I can flip back to when I was in those news SEO roles. Google Trends really was so meaningful to me, whatever it would say, that I would know that I would pivot and, you know, kind of forward on that information to our writers and editors. So it is a big responsibility. Um, I'm still kind of getting my feet wet and, you know, Obviously, I can't share like everything about it, but it, it is a big responsibility. And I think that's why we take the data so seriously on this team. And we know that we want to depict it in a very easy to understand, you know, helpful way because Google is very powerful. Um, and we know that a lot of people are watching. So we want to make sure that this Google Trends output that we present to the world is very helpful and actionable. So I've definitely felt that now. And when I was in news SEO, I also felt a gigantic responsibility um, in that role 
because search traffic is so valuable within the world of news. Just because naturally when big news events happen, people hop on their phones and, you know, they type in different things into Google. It's just, it's a very natural way of looking for that sort of information. So I also, in all of those roles that I had, I felt a great responsibility to actually flag the appropriate things to our teams to make sure that we were moving on them in a timely fashion and that we were presenting the information in the best way possible. So yeah, I mean, really in any of these roles that I've had, it's a tremendous responsibility and I feel very lucky for the career path that I've had so far. (laughs) Yeah. Well, talking about career paths. So I went down on your LinkedIn profile and I saw TMZ. So having said, like putting TMZ and and uh, LA Times next to one another, the keywords that you're putting in, I'm not quite sure if they are the same, but I definitely wanted to hear a little bit how you either landed that role. Like, I don't know what the job, you know, um, interview is, if it's like the same as you would interview anywhere else, but it definitely piqued my interest. So what was that experience like? For sure. Um, well, you're not alone in that. Um, TMZ definitely is that kind of name that you know people are always very drawn to. So I do get that question. It was a, a typical interview process um, when that you know came into my life when that opportunity presented itself. Um, I learned some very very valuable news lessons at TMZ. You know, in particular, they really excel at breaking news. You've seen that time and time again um, with their process. And I can't go into detail about what that was, but I really gained important insight into the different steps that are necessary in order to confirm information and get things out in a very speedy fashion. They just, they really are efficient at that. So that was a really big lesson there. Um, Also, yeah, I mean, I would say like, in terms of keywords, there wasn't a huge difference because there will be those crossover stories that both the LA Times, you know, team and TMZ would go for. So there really wasn't, like I would say, obviously, like TMZ does go for some stories that the LA Times would not, like they, it wasn't across the board. But on the shared sort of, I would say like entertainment, there's probably a good amount of crossover there. You know, sometimes that there, you know, the keywords really won't change. People will be searching for the same things. So yeah, I mean, I would say in that way, it was pretty similar. It's a very unique working environment, very, very fast paced. But again, I I just, I learned that was the biggest lesson that I really got from being in that newsroom was how you should handle breaking news and how you should chase down those tips and try to get that information out as quickly, but also as appropriately as possible um, to make sure that everything is fact-checked, which is really the journalism standard all newsrooms should have. So I definitely give them credit for that. Yeah, that was a huge lesson that I learned there. Yeah, well, I I mean, I actually went from thinking of it as a, a little bit more salacious from the beginning to being really kind of like the source. Um, at, you know, now I'm kind of like, well, if it's not on Team Z, I'm not really believing it. But <laughs> all that you bring that up because I, I have a t-shirt that I got while I worked there and it was it was it says something like you know <laughs> if my mom said it or if it's on TMZ it must be true um and yeah I mean I can just say that like in you know just different instances I really learned the intense process that goes into fact-checking there and I have tremendous respect for that um with anything that they put out and it's a very unique sort of you know entity I think within the news world and it's it's definitely like a chapter of my career that I, I'm happy happened because it it gave me, you know, very unique insight into the work that I do. Yeah. Well, so when you think about just kind of the genres that you've been in, because you've been in the the news kind of, you know, for Yahoo News or even LA Times and and thinking about some of the best practices that maybe people should be utilizing when they're putting out their own information. Um, You know, a lot of people think about the SEO process of adding, you know, alt text 
to their photos or you know different things like that is there anything that you're doing in your position or in previous positions that you think people just kind of blow over is like oh it's insignificant but they should really be doing it so I really can't stress this enough within the world of news SEO, but that SEO headline that you will be presenting to the world that would appear, you know, on your phone in Google search results. If you look something up, it'll appear on your desktop. If you look something up on your laptop, that is so important. And there are some key things to keep in mind with that particular SEO headline, with it being such a crucial element. The character count is something that just can't be discounted. So Google over the years has grown more and more more picky about, you know, how many characters it will show on your cell phone, I think as that screen space gets smaller and smaller, um, but also on your, you know, laptop, if you're looking at things in desktop. So something that I really push for in all of those news SEO roles, and I had some great teachers in the beginning who also, you know, kind of taught me these best practices is, you know, adhering to, you know, 60 characters or under or that SEO headline to ensure that you're not cutting off any important keywords. Um, I really can't stress this enough. It was definitely the cornerstone of my SEO trainings that I would do and that I still do, because since you have that kind of very select shelf space that you'll be presenting to the world, what goes hand in hand with that is really being very keyword targeted. So that's why when you know you have like that select shelf space, you want to make sure that you're filling it with those target terms that people would be going for. So that's why like the variety of headlines that different news organizations can have, whether it might be something in their CMS for social or something for the homepage, the, the, every kind of headline has a different sort of purpose and may exist within a different step of the audience journey. So that's something I always really push for in our SEO trainings as well is, you know, a social headline or maybe something that would appear on a homepage. Those can, you know, use that sort of like vague, teasy sort of approach effectively, because if you're just kind of scrolling through a feed, then you're in a different stage of your, you know, kind of customer journey, and you might be interested in something that doesn't give it all away. Another, you know, kind of slogan that I had for SEO headlines all the time was, and I still stand by it, is give it all away. Because really where you're meeting that user in their journey is that they already have an intent of some kind. They already have something that they're searching for. So if you're leaving out a key term, you're really only hurting yourself with that. So that was another thing that I just really think can't be like stated enough is just really driving home those keywords to, you know, to use an SEO term, optimize that, um, that SEO headline field. But yeah, that was just really huge. And then in addition to that, obviously the other best practices, training was my favorite part of my job and it's still something I, I love to do. So, you know, just making sure that, you know, your meta descriptions are set up appropriately, your URLs, um, you know, the alt text and, you know, captions that you had mentioned internal linking is another huge thing that I am a big, big fan of. Um, if you want to be an authority on something, it's incredibly important to send those recurring signals to Google from your site that this is not our first rodeo. We have covered this like A, B, C, D, E, et cetera, other times. And that was in particular just incredibly important during our work at the LA Times because we have certain cornerstone topics that we really wanted to own. So that was something that we were always really promoting. But those are just some of the things in my toolkit, but definitely that SEO headline um, was just very crucial um, to make sure that you were targeting the right terms to connect with your audience. I wanted to personally invite you to join the new TikTok Trends group inside of the brand new College of Style community. Be in the know with great TikTok trends, learn how to apply trends to your niche, get your profile audited by me, 
weekly group sessions, and also join members in supporting your growth on the TikTok platform through accountability. To join the group is only $10 per month. That's less than 33 cents per day and worth way more. I can't wait to see you in the community. So go to collegeofstyle.link forward slash TikTok to join now. The link is in my show notes for this episode. And if you join today, because this is a short month and we just launched, you get a free digital copy of my book, Passion Pipeline, through December 31st. Yeah. Well, so has SEO evolved for you in in, in your journey with, with your career? Have you seen things kind of been like, oh, we were doing this and now, yeah, we kind of don't do that anymore. Or I really wish we would bring this back because this was super helpful for the user. In your journey in SEO and just, you know, trend curation, <laughs> um, you know, what are some of the things that you either were like, I'm not a fan of, or we should bring this back? Yeah, I love that question. Um, well, like I was saying, you know, it's funny, there are, there are some great slogans in SEO. And one of my favorites is it depends. And I like people in the industry just throw that around all the time. And I think that's true because there are so many cases where you'll be chatting with like a writer, an editor, you know, a client of any kind, and they'll be like, okay, is this how it's going to be like forever? Can I just trust this forever? <laughs> and it's like, that is the slogan in SEO is that it depends. So, so much of being an SEO strategist is being on your toes, reading the industry blogs. I have a few that I just love. And, you know, making sure that you're really staying on top of any sort of developments with the algorithm, because in essence, you're always working with an algorithm, right? And it's constantly being updated. There are shifts happening. And it's our job as SEOs to be regularly tracking those things and then connecting that to our own performance for whatever client we're working for and seeing, okay, is there some sort of impact here? So I will say just with the ebbs and flows of that and working with an algorithm that is naturally evolving, um, you're going to have, you know, best practices that will kind of shift over time. You know, like one of the ones you know, I kind of already mentioned it is like the actual character count of that headline that you'll be targeting. Because even just in the time that I've been doing this, I've been in SEO for, you know, close to like seven to eight years. But in news SEO, I was, um, I was doing different jobs for the last six years. And even just in that period, I did see, you know, that number shrink and shrink and shrink down. So you have to kind of adapt your process, just make sure that, you know, you're giving that right guidance to your teams on Yes, I know that it's difficult because it gets more and more tricky, but we really do want to pay attention to that. So that's one area where I would say that it's kind of shifted. Um, another one that I've seen just in the time since I got into SEO has been, you know, URLs um, and kind of like the overall value of URLs. And then also um, keyword stuffing is a massive thing within SEO, right? I, I think it, it used to be really like a much bigger tactic. And then after a while, Google really started to pick up on that. It was like, hey, I see what you're doing there, <laughs> where it saw, you know, just kind of like the big incoherent lines of, you know, keywords. Um, so that was another thing where I think there was kind of a shift that took place where it became like less about just like these super long, you know, strings of keywords, but more about really zoning in on like, what are the target terms for this particular story that were actually, that are actually most important and how can we really center our strategy on that? So I think that that's another way that it's evolved just in the time that I've been in SEO. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really, I, it's always something you have to stay on top of. Another thing just coming from the world of news is that, you know, you'll notice in any sort of news cycle, um, this was advice I would give to our teams, but sometimes if, you know, the news cycle starts and there's an event, say it's like, you know, a shooting or something like that, and it's being referred to in one way at the very beginning of the news cycle, 
this is where Google Trends is incredibly important and helpful. Um, you shouldn't assume that it's going to stay with that same term the entire news cycle. So that's another way that SEO can be tricky because user behavior shifts and kind of affects the strategy. So it's really important to, you know, utilize Google Trends. That's why I loved it. Um, and, you know, go in there and not make assumptions. Like that's another really big thing that I would stress to all news SEOs is that, you know, you shouldn't make assumptions that, oh yeah, just because it was this top keyword this day, you know, that could shift user behavior shifts. So keep that in mind. I don't think it ever hurts to just kind of check that. And that was something I did regularly, just to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, but that's one other thing that I would I would stay on top of is that user behavior can shift very quickly. Um, so always make sure that you're, you know, circling back on those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, it, you just mentioned something that really literally in real time happened recently with the shooting on the set of the Alec Baldwin movie that went from what just happened to all of these different, oh, there was a union thing going on and people left it. Like so many things just kind of unfolded. Like it's kind of like a word salad just happened over the 48 hours of the news story breaking. And, you know, hearts go out to, you know, people who were affected and lost their life in that particular scenario. But in your, in just yours talking about user behavior changing over the course of that 48 hours of the story being told, um, it's crazy to think that, you know, things do happen. And then you mentioned um, in the evolution of algorithms um, and how, because everybody is like, how do I beat the algorithm? This is like, I feel like I need a yeah. t-shirt. You can't, exactly, you can't. But one of the things that, that I have read, you know, in the past is that, the Google algorithm changes, I think, 8 point, I don't know, 8.86 times per day or something like this. And so you cannot beat it because it is constantly updating. It is it is not even a, a, a word that you should even use as beat the algorithm in a way that like you're competing with it because you are evolving just as it is evolving. So how do you feel about, and you mentioned the word metadata and meta is really in the language and the terminology we are using right now. So where do you see with the evolution of the algorithm and the metaverse actually happening in the future? Where do you see our roles with like SEO and breaking trends and being really on top of like the news? Like how do we make sure that, if, you know, if you're a small business or a news entity or working for an agency that's informing these small businesses or major corporations to really be at the top of mind for people? I love this question. Um, it's something that all SEOs should be thinking about, right? Just the future. Where are we headed? How can we drive momentum in that direction? Um, and the big thing that really comes to mind, and it sounds very simple, but we shouldn't lose it in, you know, all of the moving parts within our organizations is what do my, you know, customers or my consumers really need? This was something that came up all the time in working in these news, you know, SEO roles that I had, in particular at the LA Times, because, you know, we were dealing with a, a coronavirus news cycle. This was incredibly scary. People needed information very quickly. And it really was, you know, a major driver in the work that I did, um, you know, to zone in on questions. Uh, that's something I would really stress to SEOs, like break it down to something that simple. How can you answer a question that people will type into Google during, you know, especially just like high stress scenarios like those? Um, that was something that I so learned throughout, you know, that chaotic sort of news cycle. But our newsroom really, you know, kind of zoned in on that. And it, it was it was 
huge just for, you know, the impact we were able to have on our audience um, when it was a very scary time. And even outside of those sort of like high pressure scenarios, that's really where I think, you know, I mean, we're doing it now, but we should zone in on it even more in the future. One of the ways that I always put SEO to people, like, you know, it's like a party trick. It's like, what do you do? I do SEO. I have no idea what that is. And I describe it this way is we used to have the yellow pages and now we have search. And big advice that I would always give to our writers and editors was do not overcomplicate it. So I would also just say that is something for now, but that's something for the future even more so. Like, let's just break things down. That's really what SEO is. Like, let's provide those easy to digest sort of, I mean, I'm a big fan of like explainers and guides, and this is how people search. So I see it going even more in that direction where you can have those easy to digest, you know, sort of pieces of content. And this can apply like outside of news as well. Like whatever your organization is, whatever your priority is, your product, make sure that it's directly connecting with what people would be searching for. Just don't overcomplicate it. Um, but yeah, in particular, the question angle, we just, we saw such great success with that, um, you know, during this like time of urgent need, you know, and unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the last time we're in that scenario. These situations come up all the time, whether in California, for instance, it was a, a wildfire or a shooting or whatever it might be when, you know, you brought up the Alec Baldwin shooting, but that was where, you know, people really wanted to know, like, what is a prop gun? answer that for them, you know, because like there were people who really wanted to know that. Um, yeah. So I think the more that, I mean, especially with news SEOs, it's crucial to zone in on these questions and, you know, find ways to craft content around them. Um, but really for any organization or any product, like people really think in terms of questions and these very simple phrases when they're typing it in. So I can't say that enough that we just shouldn't overcomplicate that. And I think that's that's where I see it going even more because really attention spans, you know, are always very small. That's something you keep in mind with search all the time. The news cycle evolves so quickly and people move on. So the way to really capture that attention in the moment is to make it very direct. Like I am directly connecting to what you're searching for. Um, so I see it only going more in that direction in the future as, you know, we become more and more distracted by, you know, all these things, right? Like technology, all the different devices that we have, this like, you know, the streaming, you know, battle where it's like we have all these other distractions. So it's like, how are you going to make your audience zone in on your content specifically? And that's really what it is, is to cater yeah. directly to them. And that was something I really tried, you know, to teach every newsroom that I was in. Is your business not connecting or converting your followers online? Book your brand audit today by visiting collegeofstyle.link forward slash brand audit. I look forward to working with you to move the needle on your business and jumpstart your 2022 with strategic messaging and up-leveled visual branding. Click the link and I'll talk to you soon. It, it, when you say that, it brought up an, one, I'm going to ask you one last question because I feel like I, I, I could have you on here for hours. <laughs> Um, but when when you were talking about you know really giving people what they're looking for, um, a lot of SEO content marketing professionals um, are planning their content, right? And so if, if I'm sorry, there's a very loud street out here. Um, but if you are planning your content, and so you are already putting in your captions and your keywords and all of that, but then you might want to go in real time to say, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm looking at Pinterest and I'm looking, you know, I'm searching to see what people are doing in the, in real time, or I'm on TikTok and I'm doing my hashtags and I'm like, oh, this has under a hundred thousand views or whatever. 
how, what is your process to, um, to explain to people like, should people plan things because they know they're going to be searching exact keywords based around that particular content, or should they be doing kind of like this hybrid model of doing something in planning and then, you know, following up with an in real time kind of approach? So there's absolutely two prongs to that, um, and I, I'm shocked I haven't brought it up yet because I love it. Um, evergreen content is what what planning is for. Um, that is where you know, in particular, you have seasonal content. You know, every single year around a certain time, this is going to be spiking. So it's like I want to do you know, like what is open on Thanksgiving Day. Like people will be searching for that every single year. Um, so you know, a big part of for any news SEO, you know, is to have kind of a backlog. I definitely did of those stories that you can pull out. Out again and again and again. And those will be for planning purposes where you know to re revisit that basically every single year. So the planning is definitely important. Um, but, you know, I think in terms of in the moment, you really do want to have like that two pronged sort of strategy. So I don't think it's one or the other. Um, I think it's really just having a good mix because, yes, the breaking news in particular for news SEOs is crucial. But in the moment, I think one way to take more of like an evergreen sort of, um, you know, maybe topic, if you're talking about fusing the two into a hybrid strategy, again, shameless plug for Google Trends, but I love doing this. You can go into Google Trends, insert that particular term. So whatever that might be, say you're very focused on climate change. That's something you really know you want to push more content around. Go in, look up, you know, climate change in the search bar and then go down to the query section down at the bottom. And that's where, you know, I oftentimes you can kind of toggle around with the date range until you get the info that you want. But if you look at rising queries, that's where you can take a theme that's evergreen, like climate change. That's a very strong term that I highly recommend targeting whenever it's appropriate. Um, but you can look at the rising queries, and that's where you'll get more breakout ideas around that term. So you might have more of an evergreen, you know, sort of resource on climate change. But then if you're wondering, okay, I want to pair this evergreen resource that's just kind of more of a guide and explainer um, with something that's more of a breakout, you can go in, look at those rising queries, and that's where you might see that, oh, in the news this week, people are actively searching for this. And then another big thing that I would say in connection with this that is good for you know news SEOs and really any sort of SEO to keep in mind is that it's not one or the other, you know, because I, I, I did run into that sometimes where it would be like, well, we have this more long form piece over here that covers it. So we've already covered it. And I would always, you know, encourage our teams that there are different audiences there. Um, so someone who might have time to spend, you know, 15 minutes to a half hour reading a very long but very effective sort of in-depth look at something might not be the same person that's just looking for a one part like Q&A aspect of it. So that was another thing is you can hit these things more than once. And that's really where Evergreen can, you know, have its place. But, you know, the more quick hit, hey, we want to jump on this can also have its place. Um, so yes. that, that was another piece of advice that I would often give is that, you know, don't feel that it has to be one or the other. Evergreen, you know, sort of material can coexist with these sorts of like breaking news opportunities. So really the best um, strategy is to combine the two um, and have kind of, you know, a nice workflow circulating around both objectives. But yeah. Nice. Well, so how can people see, I mean, how will people know when you are curating their trends? Like, well, <laughs> you know, like sometimes on like, so on like, let's say Twitter, it's, um, somebody's running a, you know, a customer service and they'll put like their little initials. Is that something we will see? 
Yeah. So, I mean, shameless shout out um, for Google Trends and, and you know, what, what you guys see, because I saw it there all the time. Um, you know, it's just google.com slash trends or trends.google.com. Um, and I highly recommend that you bookmark it. And if you go in there regularly, um, you know, really any of the things that you're seeing in there, we have our hands in. But in particular, what's really cool from the curation element, and I was always very obsessed with these, is um, the modules. So for any, and I included this in all of my, you know, trainings because they're very valuable for any sort of huge event or topic that's really capturing a lot of public interest, Google Trends will create a, a separate module apart from having to search for things individually. Um, so different events that you would see this for would be like the Super Bowl elections, debates, um, you know, different things, holidays will be in there. But that's that's really where you see kind of the magic of the curation is that different topics will be flagged in there that could work well for breakout explainers. But you'll also see some fun visuals um, that in the past, I mean, at other news roles, I've just like, you know, directly um, cited those. And, you know, it'll be like, oh, these are the top, you know, Thanksgiving side dishes. Um, and then let the games begin. Everybody will fight over it. And it's really great, um, you know, across the U.S. But yeah, I mean, I highly recommend just like getting to know Google Trends um, and utilizing the different aspects of the tool. But in particular, those modules are very fun. And that's where you see like the curation um, really come to life. It's, it's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for giving us your your brain for a little while. Because, um, you know, I can just see things pinging right now. Um, and I would love to hear more. So if you ever want to come back on the Sweet Bites with Jenner podcast, to share whatever you've learned. I know that you said that you are just dipping your toes in right now, um, getting to know all of your teammates and everyone over at Google Trends, but I am going to bookmark it like you said. And for everybody who's listening, thank you so much to everyone who has joined us. Thank you so much, Louisa Fromm, for joining me, Google Trend Curator, and so much more. I appreciate you. Sure. And, you know, I would just say in kind of closing, um, you know, I, I'd love to connect with anybody who's interested about, you know, news SEO and everything that we've discussed. Like, I'm definitely a geek for all of these things. So I'm Louisa Fromm um, on Twitter, and you can definitely find me on LinkedIn um, and Instagram as well. But this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you. And have a great, great holiday season. We'll see you later. If you're looking to refresh your website, look no further than Squarespace. My personal website is currently on Squarespace. If you visit sandracoltmedici.com, you'll see it there. And I absolutely love it. Squarespace empowers millions of people from individuals and local artists to entrepreneurs shaping the world's most iconic businesses to share their stories and create an impactful, stylish, and easy to manage online presence. And now they offer Squarespace scheduling. So check out the link in my show notes to learn more. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.